Hello, and welcome to Joyful Heart, a podcast for Christian women who are trying to balance a relationship with God, as well as school, work, and other things life likes to throw our way. In these episodes, religious topics such as growing closer to God, maturing in our faith, as well as general ones like college difficulties and navigating new experiences in life will be covered. And with that, let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Joyful Heart. This week, we are going to be switching it up a bit again. Instead of talking about a specific topic or feeling, I feel God placed a new idea on my heart. Now, this is not a new idea in the sense of it's unique or it's never been done before. I'm sure this has been done many, many times, but it's something we haven't done on Joyful Heart before. So I will be honest, I honestly had no idea what I was going to talk about prior to today. I decided to pray to God and ask him to place something on my heart, whether it be a topic or some idea for me to do for this episode. Recently, I have been reading through the whole Bible this year, and I'm finishing up with Psalms as well as Proverbs. I recently started writing in a little journal, just jotting down some comments from the three chapters that I would read each day. I think doing a kind of mini Bible study this week would be really cool. For starters, it allows the podcast and the episode to be more interactive if you choose to listen and read through the verses as well. It allows for listeners to read and see what God says to them through scripture than me just saying stuff to you. Cool, because I think it allows you to kind of you know, read along and like, what do I take away from this? Not just what does she take away from this, which I think is cool. And I think it's also really cool and definitely something I would not come up with on my own. So for this podcast, I was thinking of reading through Psalms 13 through 15 because these chapters are relatively small and they also hold a lot of great information that I feel can be applied to us in this day and age and for, you know, our everyday life. I also really encourage you guys, as you listen, to jot down notes that come to mind as you read and or listen. We never know when or how God will speak to us. So I think it's really important to write things down to help us from forgetting certain things that we might need, you know, advice for a future problem or issue or situation. The way I'm going to kind of form this is I'm going to read the chapter And then I'll kind of talk through my thoughts and the things that I saw and like what my Bible kind of noted at the bottom. So we're going to start off with Psalm 13. And just to be aware or just, you know, just to note, um, I'm reading from a New American Standard Bible. So it's NASB. So this is Psalms 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long am I going to feel anxious in my soul, with grief in my heart, all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. But I have trusted in your faithfulness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has looked after me. To start, 
we can see that this chapter begins with the question of how long, which I know this is definitely something that a lot of us can relate to in our life, which the phrasing of how long definitely implies that the author isn't questioning if God will come through, if God will help, if God will fight these battles for him. Rather, it's when will he? And something that this makes me think about is, again, how we don't understand God's timing and we don't understand or know when things will happen. I believe that we often forget that he exists outside of our realm of time. We often grow impatient with the Lord and begin to doubt if he's even there or answering our prayers or even hearing us to begin with. Meanwhile, God is not stressed because he already knows the solution to whatever you're facing. He already knows how it's going to play out and what needs to be done. He is simply just waiting for the right time. And I think this is always going to be one of the hardest things for us as believers to understand is that he is listening. He does hear you. He is going to answer it. But it's not going to be when you expect. You know, we have to realize that God does not want us to settle. We do have to, you know, re- remain patient. We do have to trust that he will come through. We do have to just, you know, hold on to our faith and believe that God is hearing us and that he loves us and he's going to take care of us. We can also see towards the end of the chapter how the author prays to God, but prays with faith. This is something that is noted to be important when praying. We can't pray without faith. Imagine that someone was asking for your help with something. It doesn't matter what it is. But when they are talking, you can tell that they sound a bit unsure or even doubtful about asking for your help. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I would be very apprehensive to help them or to even fully help them. Because it's like, why are you asking me if you don't believe in me or trust me to help you? When we pray to God and ask something, We need to have faith that he will answer us in our prayers in some way at some time. The next difficult thing, as I talked about, is to keep the same faith as you wait. Waiting is difficult because it's so easy to grow doubtful and to grow impatient in the Lord. But that's why we need the fruits of the Spirit to keep us from sinning and allowing the enemy to lie to us. Because I saw this TikTok that was talking about how the enemy doesn't have access to the fruits of the spirit, which is why he pushes us to be impatient and lack self-control. So when we hold on to the fruits of the spirit and remain in them, we are fighting the enemy in our own way every single day of our life because we're not giving him access to our life. We're not giving him, you know, the ability to tempt us or to push us to sin or to push us to do something that is harmful. And of course, this is always going to be easier said than done, especially when you're in a really good season or you're feeling really happy. It's always easier said than done, but it's not impossible. But, you know, we always need to trust that God is good and he is waiting to bless us and to give us the desires of our heart and bless us in abundance. You know, he's not going to just give us little teeny tiny things that are, you know, won't last long or that are hurt us things of the world. He wants to give us the big things, the things we never expected to happen. He wants to bless us in that way. So as we wrap that up, we are going to head into Psalms 14 next. And it states, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have committed detestable acts. There is no one who does good. 
The Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of mankind to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. Together they are corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all the workers of injustice not know who devour my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? There they are in great dread, for God is with the righteous generation. You would put to shame the plan of the poor, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the great salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, Jacob will rejoice. Israel will be glad. In Psalms 14, we can see the frustration due to the corruptness and lack of believers in the world surrounding this author. It seems that as each generation goes on, people are tending to kind of fall away from religion and religious beliefs. Growing up for me, you know, I was always surrounded by fellow believers because I went to a small Christian school for pretty much most of my life. However, as I've grown older, I find I don't have as many besides like my best friends and, you know, childhood friends unless I'm attending like a small group session or a Christian event. Another point brought up is that people don't always have to express their denial of the Lord with their words. You know, I think that's what a lot of people associate. Like, if you say that you don't believe in God, then you know you're atheists or you're, you know, some other religious belief. But Psalms 14 points out that they can also deny him with their actions. And we can also see this denial. So I just wanted to reread verses two through four to kind of show more of what I'm talking about. So it states that the Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of mankind to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. Together they are corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all the workers of injustice not know? Whoever devour my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord. We can see that these people are denying God with their actions. You know, it talks about they're committing, you know, detestable acts. What I mean by this is that people in this generation, especially from my experience, from what I see of my perspective, they are living and acting as if there is no final judgment after life. They act as, as if there is no consequences for their sins and that there is no God to judge them. Kind of like the do what makes you happy culture. You know, a lot of them act as if, you know, you know, only we can judge ourselves. And, you know, after we pass, it's just the end. You know, they act as if there's no God to hold them accountable for all their actions, as he will hold all of us accountable. Which is why we are called to share the good news of the gospel. Because many people act in such ways because they don't know the gospel or they don't believe it but that's why we have to be the embodiment of the gospel as well as share the gospel because why would people believe if they're not seeing it in your actions because like that's kind of the whole thing you know as christians we dedicate our whole life to christ and if in the end i am wrong i really lose nothing because we you know pursue peace we pursue patience kindness not holding grudges loving our neighbors and enemies avoiding the flesh and its temptations and consequences as much as we can because again we're only human there's only so much we can do without jesus which is why we need him but let's say i was to live the opposite life 
and I don't believe in God or life after death and I'm wrong in this scenario. Then I lose everything and I'm separated from, you know, the goodness and the glory of God for all of eternity. With this in perspective, we can see how serious this battle is for our souls. We can't put off until we are ready because we don't even know what the next 20 minutes holds for us. And I'm not saying that we are supposed to be or going to be miserable all throughout our life because we always deny the flesh. But we have to remember that our, all sins have consequences. And we are called to put others' needs and concerns before our own instead of, you know, always following our heart or do what makes us happy. Because what makes us happy doesn't always make others happy. And our heart, if it's rooted in sin, it'll only draw out lies and confusion and hurt and destruction at the end of the day. This world is not our forever home. We have to focus on saving up, you know, our heavenly treasures and the things that really do matter because all the things that we see before us are going to fade away. They're going to go out of trend. They're not going to be popular in the next 10 years. So we have to hold on to what is true and what Jesus has called us to do. So next, we are going to go ahead and get into Psalms 15. So it states, Lord, who may reside in your tent? Who may settle on your holy hill? One who walks with integrity, practices righteousness, and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor do evil to his neighbor, nor bring shame on his friend. A despicable person is despised in his eyes, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He takes an oath to his own determinant and does not change. He does not lend his money and interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. One who does these things will never be shaken. We can see that chapter 15 is a short section that includes a description about how the godly should act and be. Now, for some context surrounding this chapter, it describes the description of a person who enters the Lord's tent, who could enter into fellowship with God's holy presence. And I feel although, you know, now that we know more about the context of it, I feel like Chapter 15 can definitely be applied to us and what characteristics we should embody, what characteristics we should have or, you know, strive to work towards, you know, because at the end of the day, before Christ, we were not this, you know, it's hard to be good without Christ, you know, we need him to back us up and to show us what we should be. But, you know, I think going through this, you know, I really encourage you guys to kind of pick out some things you want to work on. Because I think that's something very typical of us believers. We're like, I want to work on this, this, and this, and this. And it's like five pages long of things we want to work on. Not realizing that life is never that easy, that there are so many complex things that get thrown our way. So I always recommend trying to work on one or two things at a time so you can really put all your energy into focusing on that. And I think a lot of the times when we have these long lists of things we want to change and we don't see the change how we expected, we kind of get down on ourselves. Or maybe, you know, we grow a bit doubtful of Jesus that he's really helping us. But it's like, I mean, you've got like 10 things you want to work on, maybe shortening it down to one or two. Again, you know, so you can focus your energy on it and, you know, really allow Jesus to come in and soften your heart and to, you know, restore you to where you should be. 
Um, so yeah, I always recommend just working on a few things at a time and really, you know, putting in the effort. It's not easy. It's going to take a while because we have to kind of unlearn a lot of, you know, our sinful ways and sinful habits, but don't give up because Jesus can help you through it. And since I feel like this section is like pretty straightforward, I just wanted to talk about how these things and these descriptions could look like in our day and age. So we should always try to live in integrity and righteousness. Lies and deceitfulness are not only destructive, but they're harmful when others are involved. I mean, think of the last time someone lied to you or someone was being deceitful. It really hurts and it can be very traumatic. So we have to remember that there's no such thing as a little white lie. You know, a lie is a lie. At the end of the day, someone's going to get hurt from it. And we really have to take that into consideration. We should also try to refrain from foul or like slanderous language, um, which I feel like leads into gossiping, which I, if you guys want, I could do a whole episode on gossiping because I think this is one of the biggest things that it's become so normalized with all the tabloids, the, you know, blank room where it's like the TikTok shade room, the real shade room where it's like, there's just so much like gossiping that has become so normalized where it's normal and it's fine to just completely talk about people and it is a sin. And I'm not saying this isn't something that I do. It's something that I know I need to work on, but we should really try to refrain from that because I mean, at the end of the day, we don't know the truth and we're just pretty much telling lies and it's just really harmful. So we should really try to refrain from it in the best way that we can. We're also called to love and put others before ourselves, which again, I feel like this is something that, not that it's becoming less popular in our culture, but we're finding new ways to kind of be selfish where it's like, you know, I'm going to put myself first before everyone else. And I'm not going to take, you know, your thoughts into consideration as much, or, you know, we tend to, you know, cut people off and then never speak to them. And we just have to kind of unlearn these worldly things and realize that we're not supposed to mimic the world we really have to kind of draw that line and barrier and say okay I'm becoming too worldly like I'm losing sight of Jesus I'm doing all the wrong things and kind of come back to scripture and realize what is God calling us to be because we're supposed to be the light in the world we're not supposed to be dark like the rest of the world we're supposed to shine Jesus's you know love and his empathy and his mercy on others as he did to us And I've said it before, you know, actions speak louder than our words. People will be more careful to watch us and how we act after we identify as a Christian. We're called to imitate Christ in all aspects of our lives, not just when we are in church, not just when, you know, we're in a good season, not just when, you know, someone else is watching, when people aren't watching, when you're not having the best of time. When you're not feeling the greatest, we are still supposed to embody Christ. Um, We are also called to despise and reject sin. You know, we have to look at sin for what it is and kind of hate it in a way because it is evil and it does cause destruction and it does hurt us in the end and it brings us away from God. You know, God wants us to despise it and see how harmful it is. Because I feel like nowadays, you know, a lot of sins are seen as good things. Um, They're so normalized. And um, 
it's so ingrained in our society. Overall, we need to in, be like Jesus and, you know, kind of reflect how he acted and how he would act if he was in our shoes. We cannot keep carrying around our baggage of sin because eventually it'll just slow us down and wear us down in life. Once we place our hope and foundation in the Lord, we enter a love and a life that is unshakable. We can adopt an attitude that, you know what, as long as I have God, I am good. Materialistic and worldly things will come and go. They won't fill us up or give us true peace and happiness. Only God can make us truly happy and give us an unshakable peace and outlook on life. I really hope that you guys um, enjoyed this, you know, little mini Bible session. You know, let me know if you want me to do this again with another chapter or another section. I just always really encourage you to write down some notes and thoughts that come to mind when reading scripture. I think it can be great for reflection and to help, you know, of course, remember things. I hope that you all have a great day and I hope you have a blessed week. Well, that concludes this week's episode of Joyful Heart. Feel free to reach out with prayer requests, praise reports, requests for topics or general questions on either Instagram or the Facebook group. These can be sent to Joyful Heart. That's J-O-Y-F-U-L-L-H-E-A-R-T-T on Instagram, as well as for the private Facebook group. I hope you all have a blessed day and I'll catch you next week. Bye guys.